Today we are tackling a subject that many men find uncomfortable to discuss. Yes, erectile dysfunction. It's a sensitive issue that affects countless men, but understanding the facts and the latest treatment solutions can make a significant difference in the lives of these individuals. So let's talk with Dr. Juggan Cancel, head of the Center for Men's Sexual Health and Male Fertility at Down There Urology, located in the Chicagoland area. This is the Top Docs Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Klaproth. Dr. Cancel, thanks for being here. Appreciate you guys having me. It's always a fun conversation to have, so I'm excited to share a little education. Absolutely. Well, that's what we're interested in is education. So how common is ED? Well, if you talk to most guys, they want to say it's not common because a lot of people don't want to talk about it. But we know based on data and just anecdotally, we know it's a tremendous amount of people it affects. Just statistics wise, we know 30 million people in the United States have erectile dysfunction and it affects any age. So we know it's a huge topic. I mean, obviously, for all the commercials you see, all the advertisements you see, we know it's out there. And I tell patients all the time, no one wants to be the first one to ask the questions, but everyone wants to know the answers to it in a sense. And so podcasts like this to really get the conversation started is really important for us because once you get the conversation started, a lot of people come out and start relating like, oh, I do have this problem. It's a normal thing. Let me get some help. So you said this can affect men of any age. I think my perception is this is only older men, but it sounds like this can happen to younger men as well. Yeah, historically, people want to say it happens with age, but we know based on data, it happens to all ages. We see people in our practice from the age of 20s up to their 90s. And so there's a huge range it can affect. There's data looking at the percentage of people that have erectile dysfunction based on age. So new data has come out to show that up to 40% of men, by the time they turn 40, have some degree of erectile dysfunction. I mean, just think of how many millions of people that is. And that's not that old. I and mean, we tell guys you need a good sex life for a long period of time. And when you're talking about your 30s, 40s, and 50s, that's a big part of your sexual activity and your sexual life. And so by the time you turn 40, if 40% 40 of guys are experiencing some erectile dysfunction, that just tells you how significant it can be. 40% of men by the age of 40 have erectile dysfunction. I never would have thought that. Never would yeah. have thought. Wow. And I know guys with erectile dysfunction, it ranges. So guys have mild erectile dysfunction where they're not performing all the time and they're not getting as rigid or hard as what they used to be to full-blown ED, right? And that might be a little bit older when you can't get an erection at all. And so some degree of men are, you know, 40% of men have some degree of erectile dysfunction by the age of 40. And really just getting the education out there. Like you were saying, a lot of people don't realize that. So you said there are varying levels of ED. When is it time to see the doctor? Yeah. That's a great question. So my philosophy and all this kind of stuff is to get treated as early as possible, right? With any type of disease process, you don't want to wait till the last stages because there's less treatment options that we have. Now, a caveat to that is no matter how bad the erections are, there's always some solution. So just to, as a caveat, no matter if you, we say it hasn't been working for years, there's always something that we can do to make it work again. But to answer your question, you know, guys aren't good at going to the doctor. We never go to the doctor. And a lot of the guys I'm seeing in their 30s, 40s, 50s, it's the first time they've ever seen a doctor. And so I tell guys, the biggest thing that we want to do is just to get the education out there. We're normal people, I promise you. We're not intimidating people. We're not intimidating doctors that are going to get mad at you for not doing something and not eating your vegetables and all that kind of stuff. We understand we're guys. I'm a guy. I understand that this is a very common and sensitive topic. So really just getting people in the door early on, because the earlier you come, there's actually treatments now that can fix the problem, fix the underlying problem if you come in early. So let me ask you this. How do you diagnose this? Yeah. So there's two different levels of diagnosis. One is just the patient history, subjective diagnosis is what we call. So if you come in and say, hey doc, 
and not performing the way I used to. Well, you have some level of erectile dysfunction, whether it be psychological, whether it be vascular, there's a whole bunch of different reasons people can have ED, but it's still considered erectile dysfunction regardless of the cause. And then a lot of people are starting to have, or a lot of people as they get older, even in their 40s, have vascular ED. So the analogy that I use there is in your penis, there's two cylinders. They kind of look like bike tires. But the analogy that I use all the time is like trying to fill a tire. So there's two real reasons why people can't get erectile or people have erectile dysfunction from a blood flow issue. All you're doing, it's not rocket science. All the penis is doing is filling up with blood when you get aroused, right? So there's two reasons why people get erectile dysfunction. One, the blood flow is not getting into the penis, right? So if you think about the tire analogy, the air is just not getting in there. Or the air is getting in there, but it's leaking right back out. And the analogy that I use there is like you're trying to fill a flat tire, right? So it's a blood flow issue when we talk about a lot of the vascular related issues. So my job as a specialist in sexual medicine is to try to figure out why you're having erectile dysfunction. Is it up here? Is it down there? Is it a combination? Or is it hormonal? Testosterone related stuff and things like that can cause abnormalities with erectile dysfunction. So that's where I come in. That's where my job is to try to figure out the problem. And then there's always a solution depending on what you want to do. So with vascular ED... It sounds like that could potentially be the symptom of a larger health issue. Absolutely. And this is why it becomes even more important if you're experiencing any type of erectile dysfunction, even in your 30s or 40s, to get treated early. Because if we do diagnose the vascular ED, I tell guys the blood vessels in your penis are microscopic. They're very, very small. And that's no downside that no one likes to hear small and penis in the same sentence, but just anybody, the vascular is very small. And what happens is if there's a blood flow issue, we know that the blood flow and the issues in the microscopic arteries and veins are being affected. That's an early sign of heart disease because in your heart, you have really large vessels. So if your microscopic vessels are being affected right now, it's an early sign or it helps us predict if you're going to have any heart disease later on. So if you're a guy in your 30s and 40s and you have a family history of heart disease, that's really important to get evaluated because we're not only focusing on the penis and erections, we're focusing on your overall health. So don't ignore this as the basic message. One, it could be the symptom or a sign of a larger health issue. Two, you want to make sure you're having a good sex life too. You want to be able to perform when it's time to perform. You got it. It's important to a lot of guys and a lot of couples. And I tell patients all the time, it's not a one-person disease. It does affect your partner, right? I mean, it's always a two-person disease. And so getting addressed early on, there's a ton of things that we can do earlier on. If it, come, if it gets too late, there's still things we can do, but it's limited as much. Right. So before we talk about treatment options for someone that may have mild ED, can they modify their lifestyle to improve this? Like, okay, I'm going to start running. I'm going to get my cardiovascular in shape so I can really increase the blood flow where it needs to go. Is that something? So absolutely. Part of it's diagnosing what the root cause is, right? So if it's a vascular thing, if it's psychological component, if there's a combination of both, which a lot of times it happens, I tell patients all the time, once you start thinking about your penis, it's not going to work. I mean, there's a vicious kind of feedback system there. But the answer is yes. If you're overweight, if you're obese, we know your testosterone is low. We know your confidence is low. We know there's vascular problems in terms of venous leak and that blood flow issue. So there's a lot of things if you're unhealthy, that's going to cause erectile dysfunction. So Fixing that lifestyle thing can increase your testosterone, can increase your confidence, can get your blood flow going back there. So absolutely, that's one component of it. And then just in general lifestyle stuff. So chronic alcohol intake, chronic mar marijuana intake, some of these other recreational drugs, which a lot of people do nowadays, which is fine. It's just everything in moderation is okay. But if you're doing a lot of these things, it can absolutely affect your blood flow and your hormones and, and all these things. And one of the most important things for guys is their erections and their sex life. And that's normal, especially in younger guys, even older guys. So we don't use fear as a motivational thing sometimes, but for guys, sometimes fear is a good motivator. You know, I tell guys to stop 
drinking every day and otherwise you're going to lose your erections. I tell guys stop smoking. Otherwise your erections are going to go bad or guys with diabetes. So I'm very easygoing in terms of not being a doctor saying, don't do this, don't do that. But when it's affecting your sexual life and you're coming in for ED, we sometimes put a little fear in guys and sometimes that helps. Yeah. Well, erections are important to men. So saying, listen, this is not going to happen anymore. If you keep doing this is a good way to put it. So for someone that does change their lifestyle, if you will, and it doesn't work. Can you tell us about treatment options and any newer treatment options that might be out there? Yeah. So the nice thing about erections is that no matter how, what degree of severity you're at, there's always a treatment option. Now with erectile dysfunction, the way I explain things is it's a progressive degenerative disease. So if you have a timeline here and you're here on the timeline, eventually you're going to kind of work your way down the timeline. It's just natural as you get older, other comorbidities fill on the side. Even if you're all the way here, there's always a treatment option that we can talk about. So I really reinforce to guys, you're never too late in coming to the doctor for erectile dysfunction. We can definitely help. But the point of this conversation is I'm focusing on the treatment options more in the mild to moderate erectile dysfunction. So for the younger guys, they're starting to notice a little bit of erectile dysfunction. It's just starting to creep in. The guys that might be on Viagra and Cialis, some of those traditional treatment options that are right there, those are always options, right? So those are the traditional options. Those kind of cover up the problem. It doesn't necessarily fix the underlying problem, if you know what I mean. So I have guys all the time that have been on Viagra for 10 years and all of a sudden they're saying, hey, doc, it's not working for me anymore, right? It's not fixing the underlying problem. It's covering it up. So there's been a new class of treatment options that people have talked about. They're called regenerative therapies. So that's the like newest thing in erectile dysfunction. So the question is, how do we fix the underlying problem rather than covering it up with meds or things like that? So the biggest one people are talking about right now that's all over the place, if you Google it, it's everywhere. It's called low-intensity shockwave therapy, and that's the newest treatment option that I can get into on it. Low-intensity shockwave therapy. So tell us more about that. How does it work? Yeah. I tell guys, don't be scared. It's not shocking the penis. Basically, there's this ultrasound technology that stimulates you to be able to get more blood flow in the penis. So it's the same technology. A lot of people have heard of kidney stones and shocking those kidney stones from outside. The same technology. So we know there's energy that's going through it. And it's a good way to stimulate the cells of the penis to release these growth factors that get more blood vessel development. That's a technical term for it. But the analogy that I use there, it's like, imagine going to the gym. In order for you to bulk up and your muscles to get bigger, you're actually causing a little bit of damage and your body repairs that and you get bigger and you get more healthy. In a sense, we're not damaging the penis, but we're creating an environment with this ultrasound technology to shock, in a sense, the cells. And they release these growth factors. And it's like basically going to the gym for your penis is what I call shockwave therapy. But the education I'm trying to get out there is there's a lot of people advertising shockwave therapy, but shockwave therapy is not all the same, but it's advertised the same. So you really want to go to a place that understands what shockwave therapy is, and they're actually doing the right type of shockwave. That's a whole different conversation, but if anybody's ever interested, we can go in that a little more detail. But you really want to get low intensity shockwave therapy, and there's been like 150 clinical trials worldwide showing that can help really with guys in that mild to moderate phase, and that's what we're talking about coming in early for good treatment. So for people with vascular ED, this is a help as well? Absolutely. This primarily helps with patients with a vascular ED and in that mild to moderate phase. And we have different diagnostic techniques and things that we can do to diagnose you if you're vascular or not in terms of putting you in a category. But usually it's been shown to help and fix the underlying blood flow issue. And it really helps guys with that mild. So we define mild as starting to notice the problem, maybe not performing all the time, or if you're taking pills and you're taking a little bit of Viagra, a little bit of Cialis, or for the guys that have been on Cialis and Viagra, that st it's not working 100%, that's kind of that mild to moderate range. And that's where the target population for these newer regenerative therapies works the best. 
Well, I don't think I'll ever forget the phrase. It's like going to the gym for your penis. So thank you for that, Dr. Cancel. I love that. That is great. So is the process over a period of months then, this low-intensity shockwave therapy? Tell us how it works, how long the procedure is, what someone has to do. Yeah, it's actually pretty easy. So we do it in our office. It's just 30 minutes. And the standard protocol that has been shown in the data to work is once a week for six weeks. So that's the minimum that we recommend is six treatments. You drive yourself home. There's no anesthesia. It's actually not painful at all. And so it's actually very well tolerated. So it's one of those like, is it too good to be true kind of things sometimes? And for the right guy, it can be a life-changing thing sometimes in terms of fixing or improving the erections, especially when they're mild. You just start to notice that erectile is So then what do you tell guys about all the advertisements for treatments on ED? You mentioned Viagra and Cialis. We're bombarded with this stuff all the time. What do you tell people? That's a great question. In general, I tell patients, if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Otherwise, we'd be giving it to everyone. So next time you open your laptop and see a magical pill that's going to grow your erections penis by five inches and make you that thing, don't believe it. (laughs) Um... There's actually a study looking at some of these supplements. If you go to the gas station, look at all the things that are going to help your erectile dysfunction, all that kind of stuff. And they showed that like 60 to 70% of the the ingredients in these things are actually a class C or class D recommendation, and they don't recommend it. There's only about 20% of things in that that might help. But when you're talking about erectile dysfunction, I tell guys, if it sounds too good to be true, it's most likely too good to be true. And Some of these advertisements and marketing, people put millions and millions of dollars to market specifically to guys like us and who may buy it. And there's a reason they're preying on this desperation almost now that guys have. They don't want to go to the doctor. So they look at these things. It's easy to order. Let's just try it kind of thing. But they don't work. So there's not going to the doctor thing. It's a big issue. How would you like men to say this to you? What is an easy way for a man to come to you and say, Doc, I'm having trouble gaining an erection. Is that the easy way for them to say it? Can you give us some advice on that? Say, guys, just come in and tell us this. Yeah. I reassure guys, you know, I'm a board certified urologist. I specialize in sexual medicine. This is a conversation I literally have every day, multiple times a day. And some people have to remind me, hey, this is not a normal conversation. I I can talk about all the time that it's just very easy for me to talk about it. Let me put it that way. I understand when patients come in, it's not easy for them. And what we really want to do is make them feel comfortable. I almost guarantee you for once patients actually get in the door and they see the ease that we talk about this stuff, we talk about erections, we talk about ejaculation, we talk about orgasm, we talk about fertility stuff, we talk about penises and scrotums all the time. This is a very normal conversation for us. So once you actually get into the office and realize, wow, it's not a big deal. I can talk to a doctor that specializes in this and then it's easy to do. Then people start opening up, but it's just getting that initial conversation that goes back to my initial point. No one wants to be the first person to take that step. Mm -hmm. You don't understand. Once you take that step, there's so many options for you, but you can't get help until you actually ask for it. Right. Well, it's a hard thing to admit, I would imagine, for men, because our manhood is wrapped up in that, being able to perform, right? Uh, Being able to make love to our wives or whoever, it's tough to admit, hey, I'm having problems in this area, right? 100%. The two things that I treat are men's sexual medicine and male fertility issues. And those are like two of the most sensitive guys that make guys guys, right? I mean, it's like trying to get someone pregnant with sperm. And if you don't have any sperm, that's a big deal. Or getting an erection or, you know, anything with your sexual medicine related stuff, orgasm or ejaculation, whatever it may be. And I tell guys, once you normalize the conversation, and if you think about 30 million men in the U.S. having this problem, you understand that this is a this should be a conversation everyone's having, right? I mean, your primary care doctor should be coming in and asking you if you have these problems. But a lot of people don't talk about it. 
So finding a place that specializes and it's very comfortable talking about it, I think is important because you, there's a whole world out there of treatment options that people don't realize, and we can fix these problems. It's just trying to get an understanding of, first of all, getting the patient in and diagnosing what's going on and then finding the right treatment. And that's something that we do every day. Absolutely. Well, as we wrap up, Dr. Cancel, thank you so much for your time. Anything else you want to add as we talk about ED and treatment options? Just stressing the component of get an appointment, come on in. We do telemedicine appointments. We do in-person appointments. A lot of people don't want to be in person right away. So just talking on the phone, you start realizing, hey, look, it's not a big deal. We can talk about some options for you and that kind of thing. So I would say I would leave it on this is there's so many people that have it. You're not the only one experiencing this problem. And you'll realize that once you start having these conversations and it is a two person disease, so it is affecting your partner. So if you don't want to do it for yourself and say, hey, I can tolerate it, I can deal with it. There is another person being affected by this. And so having these conversations, getting the conversation started with your partner or a doctor or some kind of healthcare provider that specializes in this is a great next step. And I guarantee there's some treatment option we can offer for you. Absolutely. Dr. Cancel, thank you so much. If someone wants to learn more or book an appointment with you, what should they do? Yeah, we are a sexual health urology-based clinic in Chicago. So we have two locations in Chicago, one downtown, one in the Northwest suburbs. So if you are local, we can always see in person. That's no problem. We understand that's a sensitive topic and we do treat people throughout the country. And so if you're ever interested in just getting a consult, we do telemedicine consults every day. And so if you want to just get the conversation started, you're not sure if you want to actually come in person for a doctor's appointment yet, I'm happy to talk to you for five, 10 minutes just to get the conversation started. And so we have patients coming from all over the country. So if you're not local, feel free to give our office a call. I can give you the number or you can include it in the link. But our name of our group is called Down There Urology. That's another story in itself, but we decided to name it that because we want people to understand this is what we do and that's what we specialize in. And it's a very easy conversation to have. So if you Google Down There Urology or find it, call us anywhere. If you're throughout the country, we're more than happy to schedule a telemedicine appointment with you just get the conversation started. But we're available. Sounds great. Dr. Cancel, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Yep. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. I'm Bill Klamparoth. This is the Top Docs Podcast. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.